that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And this is really what, what God is, uh, Jesus is really saying, that this is kind of a new commandment, saying that, that if you, you love each other the way in which I love you, that, that this is the way in which we become a testimony of the love of Jesus Christ um, to the world. But the thing is, is that, that you know, before we talk, you know, we can talk about Jesus, we can invite people into the church, we can tell people how much we love Jesus, but really, when they come into the community and see what happens here, um, that's where they begin to see, you know, is the word, uh, is that love really true? Is it real? Is it demonstrated here among the body of believers? And so I'd like us to turn in our, in our Bibles to Luke chapter 6, verse 20. Luke chapter 6, verse 20. And in reverence for God's word, let's, let's stand together. And it says, And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples, and he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and revile you, and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. Then skipping down to verse 30, give to everyone who begs of you, and from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, so do to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, and if you lend to those who expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, lend to sinners uh, and get back the same amount. But you love your enemies, do good, and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. All right, from this passage, we're going to see that in this post-Christian era, the best way to reach a community is, is to be a community for Jesus. The best way to reach a community for Jesus is to be a community for Jesus. Now, um, as we look at this passage, you might be familiar with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Well, this actually here in Luke, we have what is known literally as the Sermon on the Plain, because actually he was not on a mountain, he was on a plain. And actually, the, there's a number of parallels between this, uh, this sermon and the sermon in the Gospel of Matthew. In fact, some liberal scholars think that it actually was the same sermon and the same uh, incident, and Luke and, and Matthew just kind of got it different, that Luke either was wrong or Matthew was wrong or something like that. But, but actually, this is clearly a different sermon with a different audience in mind, spoken at a different time during Jesus' ministry. It just has similar material in it. So Jesus sometimes would use the same uh, truths and he would share it with a different group of people. That's no problem. That doesn't mean that there's a problem with the Bible. And so in this discourse, Jesus is highlighting kind of the, the expectations that this is the way that people, uh, kingdom people, 
should behave towards one another and towards others. And the opening verse, the major theme, is this call to uh, an exceptional love. This idea of love because of, of God's blessing. And he begins by establishing what I would call a mathematical kingdom truth. Mathematical means it's just true. You know, one plus one is two, is one plus one is two. Don't question it. Uh, if one plus one doesn't equal anything else, this is just the way it is. A kingdom truth, this is the way God works. Sorry if, I, uh, uh, if that's not really a mathematical truth. But, but at any rate, it, it's just this is the way that God works. That ultimately, there will be blessings in store for the faithful, for the poor and the disadvantaged. And there will be woe in store for those who are complacent, who withhold love and compassion from those in need. This, this is basically, Jesus is saying, this is how things work in the kingdom of God. God will bless those who are faithful, and there will be a lack of blessing for those who are spiritually kind of stone cold, okay? He's talking to believers. And uh, in light of this kingdom of truth, Jesus then calls his people to an extraordinary type of love. He's calling them to a unique Jesus kind of love that will draw the world to the unique claims of the gospel. This is what is called, in a sense, a giving community. And that's what we'll be looking at today. As we look at this passage, as we study this passage, there's basically three characteristics of a giving community. The first one actually has to do with understanding, has to do with theology, that a giving community recognizes the nature of God's blessing. See, we are a people of God's word, so God's word has to always uh, be the way that we think first. Before we start doing things, we have to understand, okay, what is God's word saying about what blessing really is? Now, if you look at verse, um, verse 20, it says, blessed, it says, and he lifted his eyes to the disciples and said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And then verse 25, he says, Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. What is he saying here? He's saying that a giving community understands that everything comes from God. What Jesus is saying here is that ultimately God is in control of both good and bad circumstances. That he dispenses kind of appropriately uh, uh, different things to different people. So even though your life may feel like you're in adversity and you're suffering and you're struggling, that doesn't necessarily mean it's our fault, it's our doing. It's, it's a matter of, of this is God and the place that he has given us and he, will, he has reward in store for us if, if we're faithful in these circumstances. In the same way, if you're well off, which is mostly our case, I mean, we're mostly all well off. He's saying, Jesus is saying, be careful to recognize that this is not of our doing. It, it, if we're proud and we think that I did this and I earned this and, and I deserve this, uh, God says he will repay back accordingly. See, God is saying that, that a giving community recognizes and acknowledges the nature of God's blessing. That during our lifetime on earth, uh, God gives as he chooses. That every blessing that we enjoy, our freedom, our wealth, 
our abilities, our resources, our connections, our successes, uh, our relationships. These are really a, a gift from God. Um, no matter how hard you worked for it, God gave it to us. This is the essential like theological foundation uh, of, of, of blessing. And, and the opposite is true, too. Everything that you look at apart from God's grace in your life can easily become your treasure, your obsession, or your idol. It no longer becomes God's blessing. You know, we, we, we have a job, and, and we, we think, oh, you know, I'm making lots of money, and, and this is great, and I'm making it, and it's mine. This no longer becomes a blessing from God, right? It starts becoming an idol. It starts saying, this is my job. Uh, I can't lose it. Uh, if I lose it, how, what am I going to do? It becomes something we treasure, something we pro- obsess over, protect, something we may worship. And again, this whole thing just really comes to the idea of understanding that everything we have comes from God. That has to come first before we we try to bless others. See, if we give to others of our time and our resources and our energy, we recognize that it's not us giving out of the store of our riches. It is us doing what we're supposed to do with the blessings God has given to us. That's what the nature of blessing, that's where it starts. So an application as we think about this, whatever you want to give, Give to God first before you give to someone else. Now, this is not just money, but everything. You know, before you say, well, I'm going to, even if we talk about, you know, giving, uh, uh, we're talking about the, the, the pledge for missions, and we say, well, how much money can I pledge? Before you say, okay, this is my money that I'm going to pledge, we say, hey, God, this is your money. This is, um, I, I, I'm giving all of my bank account and all of my savings and all my retirement fund, I'm giving it back to you because that belongs to you. And so now I'm going to use this portion uh, to, to, to bless some missionaries or bless the mission work out of God, out of your stuff, out of the things that I have given to you. So it's not me, it's, it's really God. Uh, affirm that your, your time belongs to God, that God, you know, this is not my time. This is not because I work so hard that now I got all this vacation and I can retire early and, and I work so hard so this is my stuff and I'm so good that I'm going to use my retirement for ministry. How, how gracious of me to do that instead of going off on vacation and things like that. But no, this is God's gift. God was the one that blessed you in your work. God was the one that allowed you to make enough money so that you can retire at this time. This time that you have right now is a gift from God. And you say, okay, God, since now I have this time that you have given me, some people have to work the rest of their lives to support their family. I don't have to. I can retire now. I've got 10, 20, 30 years ahead of me, but this is still um, God's gift to me. So God, how can I use this to, to, to use your time, which you've given to me, to, to give back to you, to bless others. And again, this is this picture of whenever we give, whenever we serve, whenever we love, we are simply sharing something that was never ours to keep in the first place. It's God's. And we, 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 we're, we're taking it and using it for the things that God had given it to us in the first place, for his kingdom. For, for the gospel, for the sake of the gospel, that, that the people that don't know Jesus Christ as Savior may come to, to hear the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, saving God's blessing for yourself does not make you richer. It actually makes you poorer. 
And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But the first and foremost, we say a giving community really recognizes and acknowledges the nature of God's blessing. That it is a gift from God. That we're simply sharing and dispensing the love that God has already entrusted and given to us. That's the first element. The second element of a giving community is that we understand that a giving community is closer to God. That everything about Christianity is really about a personal relationship with God. Uh, without that, uh, whatever we do ceases to become Christian. If it becomes like work, if it becomes like earning something, if it becomes like doing a duty, it's no longer Christian. It's got to come back to relationship. It's got to come back to my relationship with God, growing closer to God, how my life uh, comes out and expresses itself because of a relationship with God. And verse 35, it says, but love your enemies and do good and, ex and land, expect nothing in return and your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the Most High. You'll be sons of the Most High for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. Judge not, you will not be judged. Condemn not, you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Now we ask the question, you know, can the things that we do for others, you know, affect what God does for us? You know, we wonder, you know, like, can we influence the heart of God simply by how we treat other people? The answer actually from scripture is actually yes. See, after we uh, establish, after Jesus established this theological foundation, he now addresses the, the disciples in their specific character, and he says that, that I want you to love, and I want you to, to have a unique love that really lasts, that, that you demonstrate this love in concrete action. And he, he actually mentions some specific actions in this passage, and when you look at it, at first it seems a little random, like he's just kind of throwing off a, a whole bunch of different scenarios. He says, uh, love your enemies. He says, uh, lend without expecting return. Uh, be kind to the ungrateful. Uh, instead of seeking judgment, uh, forgive. And we look at these things, but one thing that connects them is this idea of recompense. That you don't get anything back. If you love your enemies, um, they probably won't love you back. If you lend and you're not hounding them for your stuff back and you're not expecting them to pay you back, you're not getting anything back. If, you, if you're kind to those who are ungrateful, you, you don't receive even any encouragement. If, if, you, uh, if you forgive, to forgive literally means to free someone from the debt of punishment. Meaning you are no longer asking them to repay you for what they did to you. Um, that's forgiveness. And so this, this, the world always thinks of kind deeds and they think of recompense. Like, what do I get out of this? You know, they have all these, we have all these things. One good deed deserves another. You know, it's like if I do something good, I deserve something good to happen to me. Uh, giving is its own reward. I'm giving something, but I'm feeling a reward for it. Well, yeah, that's good in most cases, but being kind to someone who's ungrateful, there's not a whole lot of reward in that. There's not a whole lot of good feeling in that. It doesn't feel good. Um, I remember when I was a young, idealistic uh, pastor, and uh, I would just go out and do whatever people ask, and I was sitting at church, and some guy called, 
and you could tell he had a very frail voice, and he said, help me, uh, I can't pay my rent, and I need help, I need $100, and I said, well, where are you at? And he says, oh, this is my address, and he gave me the address, this was actually really far away. So I went to the bank, got out $100, and, and drove all the way out there. It took a long time to get there, and I was thinking about, oh, I can pray for him, I can bless him, and this is what I want to say, and I can share the Christ with him. And I finally got there, and he opened the door, and he just yelled at me, <laughs> like, wow, ah, you know. And I was like, what, you know. And I said, I came to pay your rent, and he was like, just, you know, like being really mean and nasty and everything like that. And I, I figured out that he had dementia, actually. And in fact, the, the, the house maid came out and said, oh, yeah, he has dementia. He just calls people randomly. So, uh, sorry. And then she cut, shut the door. <laughs> and, you know, things like that. And you say, oh, well, what's the reward? You know, you're thinking, oh, you know, I can share the gospel. Or, oh, at least he's going to be thankful. Or, oh, at least, you know, I'm going to do a good deed, you know. And, and I spent the whole day doing this. And what happened? Uh, he yelled at me, and they slammed the door in my face and didn't help anybody. You know, and so these things, these are ideas where you say, oh, you know, what happens when these things happen? When you're trying to help and you, you want at least maybe some appreciation or somebody notices it or whatever. Uh, but, but these are examples. Jesus says we have to love without seeking recompense. Even just encouragement. Even just something good happening out of it. Because this, this exceptional love reflects the character of God. God himself is kind to the ungrateful. God himself gave his son to people who, who, who spit on his son and ridiculed his son and blasphemed God's name. And God forgave them. And God continues to give to us and sometimes we're not very grateful and we're not very thankful and, and we don't even realize it and we use it up like it's our stuff and, and yet God continues to bless and to give and, and to wait for that return which sometimes never comes. But yet uh, to be a child of God and, and, and this is what Jesus is saying is, is that when we give and when we love and when we do acts of kindness without seeking any recompense at all, we become like children of God. Become, become uh, like him, representative of, of his merciful character. That, that, that this is the character of God who, who continues his faithful love for, for a thousand generations. And, and to love without recompense is really the beginning of the process of reflecting God's gracious, merciful, and forgiving character in the world. That's what we want to do among ourselves. That's what we want to do in the world around us. And, 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 and this is how we, we show ourselves to be uh, the children of God. And, and God loves that when we, we look like him. <laughs> Every parent wants their child. I said this many times before. I wish my kids always looked like me, but Rita's genes just overpower my genetics. They, all, they both look like, like Rita. And I say, well, you know, if somebody says, oh, you know, your son looks like you, I feel really happy. Like, oh, my son looks like me. Or, or he has your smile. Or he has your nose. Or, you know, whatever like that. I'd be happy because my son looks like me. Or my daughter looks like me. Or she has your eyes. I'm like, oh, that feels so good to say that my child looks like me. And the same way, you know, God's a father. And he would love to look at each one of us and say, oh, yeah, she looks like me. He looks like me. How? In the way that we love. In the way we love one another. That we love and we give 
without seeking reward or recompense. See, our relationship with people have a profound impact on how we experience and live out the love of Jesus Christ in our daily lives. God's love and grace for us um, is beyond measure. And it's beyond limit. He will always love us. But sometimes we don't experience the fullness of that love, or, or the fullness, our experience of that love is oftentimes, um, is oftentimes um, reflected in, in whether or not in what we do according to others. Now we look at this verse, and this verse is actually really puzzling. It says, uh, judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And this seems to say, you know, it's, it's kind of saying, well, what's that all about? It's like, does that mean that, um, that if I don't forgive others, God won't forgive me? If I don't, uh, uh, if I judge others, God's going to judge me. If I condemn others, God's going to condemn me. Well, what God is saying here, what Jesus is saying here, is that God will always love us with an unfailing love, but our day-to-day -day experience of that love and that grace differs according to how we treat one another day by day, okay? Our day-to-day -day experience of God's love and grace differs according to how we treat others day by day. That's a very important truth to understand. We don't just say, oh, God loves me all the time. I have his blessing. I don't really care about people. I can be mean and whatever or, or, or uncaring or selfish. I'm always going to have God's love. God says, no, that, it doesn't, doesn't really work that way. Uh, remember, God bestows his favor not for just for our benefit. It's so that we are like this conduit to getting, bring his blessing to other people. When God sees his blessing kind of stop with us and it doesn't flow where it's supposed to go, he's not going to pour his, keep pouring the love of his love and grace through us. I mean, you know, if you got... Um, you know, a clog in your sink, okay? We get that once in a while. You know, you, you try to keep it clean, but it always gets clogged up once in a while. And your sink gets backed up. How do you know? Because you have the water on, and it's like it's not emptying down the, uh, the drain. So what do you do? You don't crank up the water and let the, let the thing fill. What do you do? You turn off the water. That's the first thing you do, right? You turn off the water, and... Um, <coughs> And you go in there and you pull out the thing and, and unclog the, the drain. And then you could turn on the water and let the water flow through and, you know, get wherever. Um, this is actually kind of a, a, a picture of God's blessing. It's like this uh, heavenly tap, if you want to say, a heavenly faucet. So he'll, he'll crank it up really high. But if it clogs, then shut it off to fix, uh, fix the clog. See, if, if we don't align our, our, our life with God's blessing and God's purpose, we don't align all the blessings that we have with God's purposes for those blessings, we're like clogging that drain. We're like, like stopping God's blessings from, from getting out to where it needs to be. And, and we're withholding those blessings that God meant for, for, for us to, to bless others with the gospel, with the love of Jesus Christ. And God's saying, okay, you know, if it's, if, if it's clean and empty and it's flowing out, I'm going to crank it up as high as possible. But if it's stuck and it's not going anywhere, I'm going to turn it off and fix it until we're ready to flow. And, and this is the thing is, is if, if our horizontal relationships uh, are not that good, it's going to affect our, our relationship with the Father. 
because he is the one that is pouring down these blessings so that we can relate and love on one another and love others around us. And, uh, and, and if we're not being manifestations of Jesus and his love, um, then we're, we're not really doing the things that, that, that God wants us to do. And it's going to affect our relationship with God. I mean, God says this is, this is the, the greatest commandment, and it's singular. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and mind and strength, and you shall love your neighbors as yourself. Jesus didn't say these are the two commandments, greatest commandments, the first one and, oh, the second one uh, that, 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 that's not as you know, important or whatever. This is the greatest commandment. It is both of these things. It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. This is one thing. We don't just love our neighbors ourselves. Oh, at least I'm doing 50% or, you know, one of them. Or, oh, I just love God a lot, but I'm not really good at loving other people, but that's okay. I'm doing my part. That's my gift is, is loving God, but my gift is not loving people. No, no, there's not, that's not true. Um, that's not how God works. He says loving God and loving others is the same thing. And so a giving community, when we understand, first of all, we again, we understand that everything comes from God. We also understand that a giving community knows God. There's a relationship with God. There's, there's, there's blessing coming into their life. Finally, a giving community will never be short of God's blessing. Um, what God is saying is that no, no matter what we do, nothing is wasted. Now, if you ever notice in restaurants, they have... Um, what I would call magic glasses, okay, magic glasses. What does this mean? Well, you start out, you go to the restaurant, it has this nice, you know, cool glass of water with ice in it, and it's, you know, the condensation is dripping on a hot day, and you just love it, and you drink the whole thing because you're thirsty. You put it down, and you start talking, you start ordering, and you get talking with your friend, and then you look over, and, oh, it's full again. Oh, good, I'm really thirsty. Drink it up again, put it down, and, and you start on your salad, and you're talking with your friends again, and getting into this argument about, you know, this and that, and you turn around, and, oh, it's full again. Oh, this is great, magic glass. It just keeps getting full. Every time I put it down, it's full again. Well, we know, of course, it's not a magic glass. It's because this restaurant, because they're known for their excellent service, they actually have guys walking around with a pitcher of water, and they're looking at people, and once that glass starts going down, they run over there and fill it up right, they don't even ask you, they just go in there and they fill it up right away, and they go to the next table, fill it up right away, fill it up right away, so your glass is always full. Half full, they'll still fill it up. That's like the magic glass. And, but the thing is, like, if you don't drink it, then they'll just, it'll, the water just sit there, right? They'll look, at, they'll look at it and say, does he want some more? No, he doesn't want it. Does he want some more? No, he doesn't. Some, some restaurants say, okay, only if you're going to drink water, then we'll pour it for you. Otherwise, if you're not going to drink any water, we're not going to give you any um, because they want to save water. I feel like that's like a picture of God's blessing. See, if we use God's blessing, God's looking at it going, oh, I'm waiting for, oh, He's using up God's blessing. And he runs over there, fills up the cup with more. And you're like, oh, good, I got more. I'm going to bless somebody else. And God's walking through. Oh, good, that cup is empty. Pour in some more, pour in. Oh, and then, oh, that one's at half a glass. Oh, I'm going to pour in some more so they have some more. If you never touch your glass, God will look at it and go, yeah, the glass is still full. Uh, the glass is still full. Oh, he had the whole dinner. The glass is still full. I didn't go over there, give them any blessing. In fact, God, I'll take that cup and throw it away. God doesn't like to waste his blessing. <laughs> He didn't like to waste his blessing. See, a given community will never be short of the blessing of God. 
You know, sometimes we feel like, oh man, if I give so much, you know, what, what's going to happen to me? Even the disciples, even uh, Peter said to Jesus, hey, we've given up our house and home and all this stuff. What about us? They, they were thinking, you know, are, are, what about those who, who do give a lot? You know, the rich man, he took off and said, uh, yeah, this is too much for me. I'm not going to follow you. I'm going to keep my stuff. And then Peter goes, hey, wait a minute. We gave up all our stuff. Hey, Jesus, what happens to us? And Jesus, hey, don't worry. God will give you a hundredfold in this life and the next for the ways in which you have been obedient to me and, 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 and given away these things for the kingdom of God. Now, this is not saying, oh, you know, uh, we've got to love others so that we can get stuff. That, that, that's not what Jesus, that, that's self. But, but, but it's really saying, hey, if, if we take the things that God gives us and we just give it away here and there and we bless and we give our time and we, we, give, those, we give up those opportunities for the promotion that we could have gotten or we give up the, the opportunities for, for this great career that I could have had or, or this great ambition that I could have had or, or this great notoriety. I'm going to give those things up for God because I'm going to use these times and opportunities to, to bless God, to, to serve his people, to, to love on people. God says you're never going to be uh, a wanting a blessing. You're never going to regret what you gave up. You're never going to say, oh man, I'm so sorry I gave that away because that was such a wonderful blessing. I should have kept that for myself. God said, no, no, you give that away. I'm just standing there waiting for you to give it away and I'm just going to pull, I'm not just going to fill up your cup. I'm just going to keep pouring it till it spills all over the table and spills on you. You're just going to have so much blessing you don't know what to do with it. That's what, that's what um, this verse is saying here because he says, give and it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put into your lap. Now what is this? This is basically what, 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 what happens here is that in Israel, when a person goes to a merchant and he buys like uh, some grain, so they get a bag and they start pouring grain. He says, how much, uh, I want a bag of grain. He says, okay, yeah, pour the bag of grain in there. So they will pour it in there, and then, um, then it, when it's about half full, they'll shake it, you know, so that the grain kind of settles. And then they'll pour some more in, and then they'll shake it again. And then they'll pour some more in, and then they'll push it down and try to get, you know, uh, all the airspace out of it, and then put some more grain and put some more grain and keep shaking it and push it down until that bag is full. Like, you know that this bag has all the grain that it can carry. There's no airspace, there's, no there's nothing in there that is uh, uh, taking up space. It's all blessing. In fact, it's pouring over with blessing. And the guy walks away with this bag going, man, I got a bargain. I'm coming back to this, 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 uh, this store all the time because they do the extra measure. They don't just fill it up because some people, oh yeah, I go to that store, they just fill it up kind of you know, and then they, they don't even fill it up to the top, and they just give it to me. But this store, they fill it all the way to the top, and they push it down. So, like, if you're Chinese, if you're Asian, you go, yeah, go to that store, because I'm going to get everything, I, you know, like, even if it's, like, you know, this much, I'm going to get everything I want. And so you'll always come back to that store, because you're like, that, I got everything from this person. My bag, when I bring my bag in, it's full you know, there's no way you can even fill it, fill it more. And God's saying, the, Jesus is saying, this is, what, this is what God is like. That if we bless other people, if, if, if we take that grain and we use it to, to bless other people, and we say, hey, you know, I'm not trying to make things for myself. I, I just want to love on people. I want to take the things that, that God has given to me 
and use it to, to bring people to Jesus Christ by showing them the love of Jesus, to, to encourage a brother and sister in Christ, to, to help you know, the, the, the church really grow, that those who come to Living Hope, that they're going to feel loved, they're going to feel accepted, they're going to feel encouraged and, and challenged, that when they go to their places of work and wherever, they're going to love on others, and they're going to accept others, and they're going to forgive others because of, of what we're doing here. And, and, and so Jesus is saying this is really what, what, what God is like as we think about a community of Jesus, when the blessing of God is just overflowing, when people are willing to take that which is God's and use it for, for, for why God has given to us. Jesus goes on, he, he finally says, and for the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And basically, uh, God is saying that, Jesus is saying, when, you, when God knows that you're a healthy conduit of his blessing for others, his blessing is going to flow through the, freely through you to bless others. I mean, that's basically how it works. If he knows that his stuff is going to kingdom work, to the things that, that he wants his things used for, then and he's just going to keep He's going to keep it flowing. He's going to keep the blessings flowing in your life. When it all becomes about us and, and, and me, even our serving and, and, and sacrifice, if it just becomes about me, uh, then, then the well's going to run dry. The cup, he's not going to come by and fill the cup anymore. But if we recognize that everything's for God, and I just want to bless God, then, then our cup will never be empty. It'll be overflowing with the blessings of God so that we can continue to bless others. I mean, that, that's, that's what Jesus is telling his disciples. And his disciples gave up a lot of stuff for him. And they, they're going to give up a lot in the future for him. But if you ask them, you get to heaven, you ask Peter, you know, was it worth it being crucified? And he'll say, man, I, I experienced the blessings of God more than anyone else for, for the things that I, I gave up for him on earth. There's no comparison. There's no question. There's no doubt. And the challenge for us as we go forward is try this. If you have a particular need, make sure that you sow that kind of seed in the life of another. So what that means is say, if you feel like, you know, nobody is caring for me. God, I wish somebody would really care for me. I wish when I came to church somebody would really notice that uh, I, I feel lonely. Try this. Try coming to church and look for someone who's lonely and love them and care for them because you know how it feels to feel lonely. And you go love them and, 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 and minister to them. And don't think about your own loneliness, but pour yourself out to love and to care for that person and see if God doesn't pour that blessing into your life. If you feel like you have financial struggle and you're praying, hey, God, you know, I I'm, I'm have to save every single penny because, you know, it's really tough. Give. Give to someone in need. You don't have to give up everything, but try, take, so, even though you have very little, give to someone in need. That's what Philippians did. They didn't have very much, but they gave. And, and, and Paul said that God's blessing will be on your lives as a church together, that, 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 that Philippians is the joyful church because they gave even out of their poverty. In First uh, Kings 17, when the widow of, uh, of Zarephath, and she was, she was gonna, uh, uh, 
she, she only had just a little bit left, and, and she was going to die, actually. And Elijah says, can you take that little bit left, and can you make a cake for me to eat? And, you know, the widow would say, what the heck? You know, you're a prophet. You got clothes. I'm going to go die. Let me, can I just enjoy my last meal? And, but, but, but Elijah said, if you give this to me, you will never, you will never starve. You and your son will always have food. And so God is always saying, hey, when we have things, God is asking for us to, to give them, to surrender them to God, even the very things that we want for ourselves. If you want forgiveness, forgive other people. If you want love, love others. If you want promotion, instead of looking out for yourself, go and promote someone else. Go and lift up someone else and see if God will not pour out his, his blessing on your life. If you want someone to, if you are saying, man, I, I, I want someone to help me grow in my spiritual life. I feel so stagnant. I want to help someone to pour into my spiritual life. Then you go and pour into somebody else's life spiritually. Help them to grow and see if, see if, if God will not pour his blessing into your life and bring somebody along who will help you to grow as well. This is where discipleship in action begins. When God knows you will be a healthy conduit of his blessing for others, his blessing will flow freely to you so that you might bless others. So as we prepare for communion, let's, let's just spend some time in prayer right now. Let's just go ahead and bow in prayer.